the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready to get down to business? Join seasoned entrepreneur, community leader, and Army veteran Scott Shalom Klein, who will take you behind the scenes with those who work in America's small business scene and speak with leaders making an impact, creating jobs, and telling their story in entrepreneurship. So let's get down to business. On AM560, The Answer, here's your host, Shalom Klein. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. While you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in with the architect of possibilities. That's Tom Stimple. He's a transformational business leader with 35 years of multi-product, multi-market, multinational experience. He's an author. We'll talk about a little bit about that trainer podcaster we'll talk a little bit about that as well and business advisor again often referred to as the architect of possibilities tom has a passion for helping aspiring entrepreneurs assess their ability to succeed as business owners and helping struggling businesses solve complex problems capitalize on important opportunities reinvent themselves create new competitive advantages and thrive so uh tom stemple architect of possibilities welcome to the program hi shalom it's great to be on thank you very much Oh, it's an honor to have you. Uh, I was uh, honored to be a guest on your show uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, it taught me a lot of, uh, of, of your expertise in this space. So uh, it's great to have you. I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Tom, you've been doing this for a little while, and I say that uh, as, a, uh, as, a, uh, as a very positive thing. You have a lot of experience in helping quite literally thousands of entrepreneurs um, and I'd love to get to know your story of where you caught your entrepreneurial bug. Can you share that with our listeners? Sure. Um, well, I think the bug was something that I was born with, because even as a very young boy, I was always looking for ways to make some money and, and you know buy some things I needed. Like uh, when I was in junior high, I needed a new baseball glove, and I wanted one nicer than my dad was prepared to, <laughs> to buy for me. And uh you know, it just it just went on from there. When I was in high school, saving money for concerts and so on and so forth. But um, I spent uh, my career in a lot of different industries. That was very helpful for me. I was uh, I was in ranching for a long time. I was in aerospace for a while. I was in computers for a long time. Uh, I did global trade. I ran a, a publishing company in Los Angeles, and uh, so it was a, a very broad set of experiences. But Probably the most influential to me, anyway, was uh, my time with Digital Equipment Corporation. I spent 17 years there, and that was an organization that really promoted the idea of being very entrepreneurial, try out new things, uh, take jobs where you were going to have to stretch yourself and learn new things. And by the time I left there, I knew very well that at some point in the future, I would probably start my own consulting or advisory business. And so uh, after 9-11, when 
so many industries melted down, including the, the publishing, 50-year-old publishing company I was running in L.A., um, I decided, well, this is the time. So uh, I began proactive business improvements in 2002 and uh, been following that path ever since. That's wild. And uh, what, I, what I love about your story, Tom, is that you haven't only just been, call it tactically, uh, you know, helping um, but you've actually, uh, I put it into this strategic lens of through your book, through your podcast, really there's immeasurable impact. And you just said a lot of the buzzwords that we talked a lot about on Get Down to Business. You talked about how you just knew, you knew that, uh, you, you knew you had it in you and, uh, and that's great. So, I mean, let's dive into the advice over here. I mean, there's many folks right now, we have a weird economy, Tom, we've got weird economy. There are businesses that are doing exceptionally well. There's also a lot of folks out there that are, are underemployed. They're not quite sure if they're doing the thing that they actually love. So, you know, somebody that has an idea, let's say they've got the next greatest, uh, I don't know, big app or the next greatest product. What is the first step you see uh, really great aspiring entrepreneurs take when they start with that idea? Well, the really good ones do a great deal of planning and research. Uh, They look at their market to make certain that it's Uh, As strong as they think it is, um, they create an ideal client profile and go talk to some of those people to get their feedback. They do some great business planning, some really good budgeting, including cash flow management. That's an area that a lot of people screw up. And and they're patient. They launch it in a way um, where they're, they're not just going, you know, full bore, straight on, ignoring the details. Um. My book talks a lot about that. In fact, about the first quarter of it, uh, test people as to they can do a self-assessment test to determine if they even should be an entrepreneur because uh, based on the numbers of small business failures in the country, the vast majority of people probably should not attempt to start a business. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, Tom. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's exactly where I want to go in this conversation. I think that there's a lot written. And, of course, we're going to send people to your podcast, to your book, um, to talk a lot about it again. The, the things that aspiring entrepreneurs can and should be doing. Let's let's sort of go somewhere where I haven't gone on get down to business. Who is not the right fit for entrepreneurship? Who should stay far, far, far away from 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 this topic? Well, I think people who don't have patience, uh, people who you know think that they have the greatest idea on earth, and so they don't need to do any research, they don't need to talk to anybody, they're just going to hang a shingle and go out and do it. Um, I think, you know, people who have not had uh, some level of experience in the business world uh, so that they at least uh, can foresee the things that they don't understand well enough and, and go get some help. Um, and on that topic, anybody who thinks they can do it all, I promise you, you can't. <laughs> and so uh, we go through all of those stages in the book and talk to people about, you know, if you can't do this, stop right now. If this is your attitude, stop right now um, because we're going to save you a lot of money, a lot of grief, um, maybe save the equity in your house, your child's college education fund, and maybe even your marriage. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I'm chatting with the author of The Entrepreneurial Mindset. That's Tom Stimple. Um, he's, a, again, a national business advisor, former corporate executive, and in the book, Tom explores why your small business is at such a high risk of failure. Uh, it is, as the book says, an essential text for those who want their business to thrive. 
And Tom, I guess, uh, you know, we're having this conversation, obviously, in late 2023, there's a lot of industries out there, a lot is, is said to be happening right now with AI. Um, but is there one particular industry that you are watching some really interesting and cool things happening in, um, in both your consulting practice, your podcast, you're, you're fortunate to have a front row seat to entrepreneurship? Well, honestly, I keep my eye on small businesses and unique ideas. Um, uh, the AI thing is an interesting topic for me because um, uh, one of my business partners, actually, one of my business partners and I are working on creating yet another company uh, with two other partners. And one of them is a tech guy who wants to use AI extensively. But in our early uh, use of it, we're finding that it's not... Um, it doesn't translate well enough uh, to human emotions to be able to be as useful as people would like it to be. And so um, we're actually kind of steering away from AI temporarily, I'm sure, um, and doing all of our writing, doing all of our uh, communications, doing our podcasts, writing our books, all that kind of stuff, the old-fashioned way. Just sit down at the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you don't stop, Tom. Uh, you don't stop, and 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 you've got the 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 energy uh, from, from the day that you started. You know that same entrepreneurial bug that you caught that you started in this conversation is actually where I want to go and come to a conclusion over here. So again, you've written a book. You actually, it sounds like you're working on even more. You've got a podcast. Let's talk about forms that you have and how you're inspiring folks. Where uh, where can people find you? Well, the easiest place for them to find me is uh, one of my websites, um, the largest one, which is www.flawlesslaunch.com. Um, at that site, they can see about our Facebook community. They can read about the book. Uh, they can get to all of the podcasts. Um, pretty soon, we'll be advertising a, uh, a training program uh, for entrepreneurs based on my book. Um, that Tom Flurry and I have been putting together for over a year now. And um, I also talk a little bit, not too much in there, a little bit about um, a TEDx talk that I'm working on trying to get developed and delivered. Uh, it's all about how defeating the epidemic of small business failures in the U.S., well, I can't speak highly enough about your uh, about your podcast um, as well as your books. You've got some real nuggets of wisdom in there, and I love that you are continuing to evolve. I mean, you mentioned I, I heard that in what you just said about AI um, that temporarily, you know, you're, you're 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 looking at it, you know, carefully. But who knows? You'll you'll come back to it. But you bring on some amazing, amazing guests. And we're very, very grateful uh, to have this partnership with you, and looking forward to having you back on and continuing this conversation many more times. One more time, your website. Yes, it's www.flawlesslaunch.com. And uh, that will also lead you to uh, one of my other websites. But uh, Flawless Launch is the one that contains most of the data that people Perfect. will want to uh, take a look at. Awesome. Well, Tom Stiffel, thanks for coming on. We'll be right back when you get down to business. Back on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, we're continuing our theme over here of talking to amazing, amazing people, doing things and providing incredible advice. We're talking about an incredible entrepreneur, Charlie Hardridge, who has worked in the corporate world for over 12 years in IT sales. He's worked with household names like Google, Dell, and AWS. Charlie spent five years in the U.S. Army as an infantry team leader, earning a combat infantryman badge and a purple heart. 
He's been investing in real estate since 2017 and is the co-founder of H&K Investment Group. He's part owner and, believe it or not, 1,050 doors across six properties. Um, And in 2020, left his full-time job to pursue real estate full-time, which we're going to talk about over here. His company works with passive investors and helps them achieve financial freedom through cash-flowing properties. Uh, Charlie, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Shalom. I'm, I'm super pumped to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You've got quite an impressive story. So um, there's a lot of transitions that we can talk about, and that's really where I want to get to know you a little bit. You went from the Army. I understand that you actually had a quite a serious injury in Afghanistan. Um, so thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And, um, and you transitioned from that, jumped into a full-time W-2 job, then went to real estate investor. I could spend hours on each of those topics, but how has that those processes of transition be, been for you? You know, it, I, I actually started after college. I actually uh, worked in an IT company for over two years. Um, I was 25 when I went into the army, and that was it, it was a completely different transition, completely different career field. But it was something that I had wanted to do since I was very young. Um, so it was it was a very good transition. That was easy. Uh, but Shalom, you mentioned in, in Afghanistan, 20, uh, 2012, I was shot in the neck. And so I was medically retired and I wanted to make the army a career. Unfortunately, that got cut way short. I was only in for about five years. And so I had to go back to IT sales. Um, that transition was was a little tough just because that was, you know, physically it was tough, but then also mentally I wanted to be in the military, um, but at least I, I kind of had that fallback. Uh, I already knew IT sales, uh, so that was it, it was rough, but it it, it could have been a lot worse, I think. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It, transitions are hard. I mean, uh, you may know I, I'm currently serving in the Army Reserve and actually currently deployed, um, and uh, I, I can only imagine again that transition from from one thing to the next. One thing that we didn't talk about in your intro over here is I understand you actually got demoted in the corporate world. I, I don't like to focus on the negatives over here, but but that was, I guess, another transition. So maybe all of these things propelled you into that small business mindset and being being able to, as they say in the Marine Semper Gumby, being able to be flexible. But I mean, <laughs> did, was it the Army that prepared you for sort of that, that rough and tumble world of, of the corporate environment? You know, I, I really think it's it's been a lot of uh, little things here and there, Shalom, and, and being demoted you know, what was not fun, but I think it has definitely helped with the small business side of things. Um, uh, you know, Army, uh, my previous uh, life in IT sales before the military and then the military, you know, I, I, I try to look at the good out of everything. And so I, I take pieces of, of all of my experience and, you know, I, I feel like that is what forms me and, and, makes uh, allows me to be ready whether that's the corporate world or, or now as a small business owner mm-hmm. well i want to talk about small business i want to talk about real estate so again you are uh you are the founder of h&k investment group um and uh, i know you're having a lot of fun of dabbling in as you say many times all over the place one person wearing multiple hats but joy so I'm, I'm curious what dream to real estate in particular and you know what advice would you have for somebody looking at real estate and just not sure is it something that's actually uh that's actually uh, uh a safe investment these days 
Yeah, great question. Um, I, there's a lot of things that drew me to real estate. Um, in, in 2012, on my second deployment, I did read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Even before that, I had some, uh, one of my, my friends, my best friend, actually, his, uh, his family had uh, a rental property, a vacation rental, even before Airbnb was around. So it was, it was uh, conversations with him. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But I think really more importantly, Shalom, it was I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to achieve that time freedom and eventually financial freedom. I wanted to be able to do what I want when I want. So real estate provided that path. And I, I just think for so many reasons, it's, it's the best investment that you can make because you have so much control over that. Whereas with the 401k, IRA, stock market, there's basically no control except I want to put my money in, in this mutual fund or this mutual fund. Um, you know, and, and then the second part of that question, Shalom, was, is it a safe investment now? You know, being very transparent, I, I totally think it depends on what your niche is in real estate. And, you know, that's something else I love about it. There's so many different asset classes, so many different uh, strategies to invest. Um, I, I definitely think uh, it, being in multifamily syndication where we pull money together, um, and, and we allow passive investors to jump in there and, and get some, uh, you know, double digit returns uh, each year. As long as you're doing uh, the underwriting conservatively, uh, you're not being too aggressive with the numbers and, and with your loan, I still think it's an absolutely phenomenal investment. And the other piece of that, Shalom, is our underwriting is for three to five years. So, it's not like, you know, if we bought something today, it's not like we have to worry about the interest rates, you know, today or tomorrow or even next year. We still have, you know, three, four, five years before we're projected to sell that property anyway. So I totally think it depends on your niche with what we do. I'm not concerned because we're not selling anything this, this uh, you know, with, with high interest rates right now anyway. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Charlie Hartage, who, uh, again, we've been talking about his background, um, starting uh, spending five years in the U.S. Army, two deployments, um, and, uh, and and earning a combat infantryman badge and a Purple Heart medically retired transitioning into the corporate world, where uh, he worked in IT sales, um, and then again now in what I'll just frame generally as we zoom out in this conversation from real estate, talking about the small business world. And Charlie, you know, first of all, I want to say I'm really grateful, you know, for you taking the time to share your expertise in helping others achieve financial freedom. I know I've heard you talk about this previously and you actually have a podcast, which we'll send people to. I know you're really passionate about the topic. So thank you for your passion. Thank you for your continued you know, dedication to helping people. That means a lot, but Charlie, I mean, small business in general, I mean, what are some of the surprises that you've had in wearing that entrepreneur hat? Was it all, you know, sort of rainbows and butterflies. Where where are the challenges? Be 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 candid with us because there are aspiring entrepreneurs tuning in. You know, it, yeah, and and that's something. Um, in, in my previous sales uh, roles and in, in the military, it was always team, right? It was always team. Uh, in, in some of the positions in sales, though, I did have to learn. Uh, the strategy of, uh, you know, marketing and sales, but, but I wasn't the one doing it, right? It was uh, people that, that worked for me. In real estate and, and being a one-person shop, Shalom, it's, it's made me learn a lot of different, different tasks. I mean, I, I have email automation, a drip campaign of about 50 emails that I send to 
potential investors over six months that just teaches them, educates them. Um, I had to learn all that myself and it was a huge learning experience. I know a lot of people say, Hey, it's, it's who, not how I actually love learning about this stuff because I think it makes me a better person, uh, gives me a better appreciation for eventually when, when I hire people, Shalom, I'm going to have a lot more appreciation for them because I know how tough it is, even if they're an expert in it. Um, I, I need to be, you know, flexible and, and patient too sometimes with them. So, um, you know, it's the marketing side, it's the social media, the, the digital media side, um, you know, coming up with a website, uh, tweaking the website, figuring out how to do a podcast. Um, you, you know, I cannot do this by myself. I am so thankful that I have a huge network of friends and colleagues that have really helped me, you know, where we share information. So even though I'm by myself, it, I'm not really by myself because I can bounce ideas off other people as well. That's wild. Well, Charlie, I talked to you for hours, my friend, and I appreciate you sharing your expertise, your passion, which is contagious. I know you have a podcast and you've got a lot on mind. And uh, I'd love to send, uh, send people over to you and H&K Investment Group. How can we get in touch? Yeah, um, the best way to reach me is actually either Facebook or LinkedIn, Charlie Hartage. Um, our website is hkigllc.com. And then my, my podcast that you mentioned a couple times, Shalom, it's Passive Investors Playbook. Um, I'm very passionate about real estate. I love talking to people. So feel free to reach out to me, Facebook, LinkedIn, or the website, hkigllc.com. Charlie Hardage, really appreciate you coming on the program. We've got to squeeze in some headlines, commercials, quick break. But we've got a lot more advice for you as we move into Q4 of 2024. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, as well as some more guests. You don't touch that dial business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. You get on my website anytime, sykline.com. Um, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Um, and of course, be sure to get on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Get Down to Business. So you know, time flies when you're, well, running a business. It's hard to believe that we are running and heading into the fourth quarter of 2023. A successful small business is always in planning mode, especially, especially in Q4. So to ensure business uh, success through the end, now is the time to prepare if you're a small business owner. So I wanted to talk for the next few minutes about some small business tips for your fourth quarter business planning. First thing that you can and should do is check on your inventory and your operations. Small business owners should ask themselves a couple of questions right now to build their fourth quarter plan and to save time and money in the long run. Do you have the inventory you need? Supply chain issues are causing delays across the board regardless of industry. So it's important to plan ahead for your, in- for your inventory needs. And is your online store ready? Review your website, ensure that user experience is simple and in working order and that customers can easily access information on your products and services. Having an online store is one way to ensure your business is ready as you move into the winter season. And if you factor it in staffing needs, many industries are experiencing labor shortages, so make sure to think ahead of your labor needs. And organize your fourth quarter marketing strategies. The holiday season, yes, it is indeed almost the holiday season. It offers many opportunities for small businesses to amp up their promotions. 
planning your marketing strategies ahead of time will help business owners make the most fourth quarter sales. So make sure you have your target market, your target audience dialed in for the holiday season. Some specific days small business owners should consider taking advantage of in the fourth quarter include Black Friday. This year, uh, Black Friday is on November 24th, 2023. It's one of the busiest shopping days of the year. Last year, consumers reportedly spent $9 billion, with a B, $9 billion on this day alone. Plan ahead. Be prepared for an influx of business. But you know what comes the day after Black Friday? is small business Saturday. 23 is going to be Small Business Saturday. And this day celebrates, supports small businesses and all they do for their communities. Think about how you can participate and encourage your community and beyond support your business. And you know what comes two days after that? On Monday, November 27th, it's Cyber Monday. Consumers are increasingly going online to shop for items big and small. And Cyber Monday has gained popularity over the years for online sales. If you have an online store, think about ways your small business can participate in the day. Ideally, your holiday marketing strategy should encompass all your communication channels, including your website, social media accounts, public and media relations. If you have an email marketing list, think about how you might nurture your current and potential customer relationships through holiday messaging as part of your marketing strategy. And if community engagement is a focus, consider partnering with a local charity to spread the holiday cheer. Just be sure to plan ahead as these types of initiatives can take time. And if the holiday season is not an ideal time for your business, take this opportunity to get ready for the upcoming year and get your marketing initiatives, strategy, and plan in place. Um, and speaking of holidays, the fourth quarter is a great time for small business owners to show employees and customers your appreciation for their support throughout the year to also apply some great customer service. If you're planning to give holiday gifts, set up a holiday function, or provide bonuses, be sure to plan well in advance. Any gesture of appreciation is well thought out and doesn't feel rushed to the recipient. As mentioned earlier, inventory is being impacted and delays can be expected. So if you're planning to give physical gifts, it's especially important this year to order these gifts ahead of time. Getting close to the end over here, but I want to continue talking about checking in on where your business stands. For example, have you met your goals? Does something need to shift to stay on track? Set aside some focused time on your calendar to, to review your business plan and check in on your goals year to date. This is the time for small business owners to finish up any business product projects in progress. You might be in the middle of redesigning your website, or maybe you're interviewing a new point of sale system. Whatever the task, this is a great time to wrap up any projects that may be lingering in the background. That way you can take time in the fourth quarter to focus on 24. And of course, tax planning takes place year-round, but especially important in the fourth quarter if you plan to make investments in your small business before the year ends and especially again when you're thinking about tax planning remember to be organized make sure your receipts your documentation you've collected throughout the year are neatly organized for tax season you can do software like quickbooks uh and other systems uh, make sure you're ethical report all income and business expenses don't mix your personal expenses with business expenses and plan ahead learn about any tax code changes find out how those changes will impact you and your business now is the time to get your finance in order and put together these tips hopefully you find it helpful um but again uh you need to work on planning all year round but absolutely especially in this time of year as we move into the very last quarter of the year the last three months as everybody's getting ready for time with family you need to also make sure you're staying ahead being proactive i had a boss that once told me do routine things routinely and we know it's coming we know the end of the year is coming we know the holiday season is to be expected 
So plan ahead, start drafting those emails, start ordering those gifts, start preparing those promotions, um, and you'll set yourself up to make the maximum impact. We want you to succeed. I want to hear your successes. I want to hear about your challenges. Um, I love that information. So please reach out to me through my website, sycline.com. Uh, I love to know what our listeners think. It's always awesome hearing from so many people in response to the show. And we'll continue throughout the end of the year bringing on amazing guests and amazing resources that will help you and your small business. So uh, again, we've got to squeeze in a very quick break over here. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Marabali, healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance and affordable care act needs. But a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been really, really excited for this conversation. It's not always, uh, it's not frequent that we have a former pro athlete and an internationally recognized executive coach, leadership consultant, and speaker. But that's Alex Fischera. There were two decades of experience working with top tier executives across the globe. Alex has honed a unique approach to leadership encapsulated in his breakthrough book, The Business Athlete, leveraging his expertise and knowledge of business dynamics, human psychology, and the core principles of physical and mental endurance has developed transformative strategies to help professionals navigate today's challenging business landscape. His innovative teachings have transformed careers, cultures, and companies, cementing his reputation as a guiding force for ambitious leaders. Again, uh, Alexander Fischer, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Shalom. Thanks for having me on. Great intro. That intro music always gets me going, too. That takes me back. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Great to be here. I know. Gets, gets us pumped up and, uh, and energized. Um, yeah, absolutely, Alex. Really great to have you on. We're going to talk all about the business athlete. Um, yeah. But I always love to just get to know the person behind the microphone. You have a really interesting background. Did you ever imagine uh, when, you were, uh, when you were young <laughs> that you'd be uh, talking about both business and, uh, and athletics in the same conversation? Never. No, it was, um, it was athletics only. I mean, uh, when you're, when you're a, a a young man trying to make it up through the ranks, you really only have a sole focus on, on, you know, going as far as you can in athletics. So you put blinders to a lot of the things, you know, when you move up to, you know, play some NCAA in college, you start thinking about degrees, but you're still focused on really making that pro contract and playing that. Um, but, you know, it, honestly, it was such a delight um, to find out that all those years playing and all those years training were actually setting me up for really the, the second half of my life, uh, w- which is executive coaching, working with individuals, different cultures and organizations, which uh, I went to school for and, and was lucky enough to have a, a family uh, of entrepreneurs. Um, so whether I knew it or not, it was coming down the pipeline. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. Well, it's, it's fantastic. And it is the perfect storm because a uh, business athlete um, really has a lot of lessons in there. I've been enjoying reading some of the excerpts and I'm looking forward to an upcoming flight where I'll be able to dive in. So let's jump right in. How does the business athlete redefine our understanding of leadership and professional performance? That's a great question because that's really what the goal was. You know, it was I wanted to set something that wasn't uh, that's already been out there, that wasn't standard. And I have a degree in anthropology, uh, specializing in business anthropology. 
And so one of the things we like to do is look at cultural forecasting. Where are uh, groups of people, team dynamics, companies and organizations, where are their values, where's society going and how's it shifting? Uh, where have we been and where are we going? And, and as we can kind of play out uh, the years and kind of look where we're going, we see that a lot of leadership and, and, and a lot of the tools we've been using, while they are fantastic and are still going to be used going forward, they're just not the holistic sort of aspect we're going to need for the terrain we're going to get into here over the next 10, 15 years, I would say, which are really going to be the most difficult for any leader um, due to globalization, due to, uh, you know, uh, remote work, due to the diversities within teams, different generations. I mean, leaders have a really tough um, set coming up here. And so in order to do that, we needed to engage more than just our minds, models of leadership, theories, um, psychological aspects of it, behavioral analysis. We now have to start integrating below the neck and start using these, these other faculties, our gut, our body, these different energy sources that can, can in tandem work with what we already have and produce really a holistic leadership model that's breathable, adaptable, flexible, and honestly sets the leader up for just non-burnout which is what we were seeing, leadership models that led to burnout. So sports was that perfect, we know in sports how to stress ourselves to maximum levels, but then how to recharge so we don't burn out and we can go and do it again and again and again. So that was kind of where we blended it all right together. Absolutely. And before we go to break, I want to talk about something unique in, again, in the business athlete. I'm, I'm chatting with the author, Alexander Fischera. You talk about a term which I found fascinating, strategic energy management, which again, very unique to athletics. But um, mm. I'm curious, what's importance in the business environment? So strategic energy management, everybody should have an energy management plan. You know, everybody likes to think of time management or priority management. Most of the time, it boils down to energy. If you have the energy available to you, you're going to get things done. The problem is, is we cap ourselves out. So strategic energy management is thinking, first of all, at the individual level, but doing it through four different chambers, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. These four energy dimensions, if we focus on those and we really focus on our off-field performance, how we manage our energy away from work, we set ourselves up to come in and be the most productive when we are on site and doing the things that we actually need to get done. And so we want to be very strategic about routines that allow us to regain energy, not just, hey, we clock out of work and we go and we, we, we sit down and deplete ourselves even more. No, we want to do things that are going to lift us up, that are going to fill us up, uh, because I, I can tell you when people are at their best, they produce their best work. And I've never been proven wrong about that. Absolutely. I'm chatting with the author of The Business Athlete, A Game-Changing Guide to Sharpen Your Mindset, Manage Your Energy, which we just talked about, and Elevate Your Career. That's The Business Athlete, written by Alexander Fisher. Good news, we're going to continue our conversation with Alex in just a moment when we come back. Got to squeeze in a very quick break over here, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right back and get down to business. You can always get on my website, sykline.com, but don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
right, we're back in this awesome conversation with an amazing, amazing uh, former pro athlete, internationally recognized executive coach, leadership consultant for the Alexander Fischera. Really, really loving this conversation. He's the author of a brand new book, The Business Athlete, which is really helping us understand uh, that that idea of leadership, professional performance. But uh, again, Alex, welcome back. Thank you. Um, can you elaborate on the relationship between personal well-being and professional success? I know that's been really important to you. Uh, yeah, it's one and the same. It, it's been 10 years. You know, you hear the, you terms like integration or balance. Um, and for me, and, and as a professional athlete, we were taught to see it as one and the same. And it was a transition we had to make in really understanding one's own personal value. That when you're stepping up through the pro ranks, people are now looking at you as value, as something you can contribute. And so you have to see yourself in that sort of way. And when you start looking at yourself as this value and you want to gain value, you start taking things that aren't typically in the work setting a little bit more serious. And that's where we often really focused on our off-field performance, knowing that if we what we did away from the field translated to what most people saw on the field. So when it comes to um, how we take care of our, our bodies, how we sleep, how we hydrate, um, the relationships we have, how we get involved in the community, how we sit and we uh, find things like hunger and passion and those sorts of aspects internally. When we do that off the field and we spend time, it's amazing how it just pours right into the professional life of it. So for me, it's been a blessing to see that there doesn't need to be this tension of, I got to be this way here and this way here. We really want to create a holistic well-being kind of model where it goes with you everywhere. It breathes and expands regardless of the environment that you're in. Wild, wild. Such valuable information. I highly recommend everybody pick up the business app and we'll send people that way in just a moment. But um, Alex, we've got time for one more question. And, you know, it's, we're a practical show. We like to leave people with real <laughs> homework assignments, especially as we move into Q4, believe it or not, of 2023. So how can the principles of the business athlete help leaders navigate change and uncertainty in their professional journey? And if you give, if you had one uh, tip for business owners, what would it be? I one tip for business owners, it would be to to create an energy management plan not only for you, start with you as the leader, but use that as a way to then expand into a team, a department, and your organization. What anthropologists know is that organizations are just a, a macro of the individual, just expanding it. So start small, work with individual steps, work with getting one routine together, and just build that confidence one step at a time. And so uh, it, through those four dimensions I mentioned, ment uh, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, I'd say start with the physical side of it. Make sure you're getting plenty of rest, making sure that you're getting hydrated, you're getting some exercise. But then I would also go into the emotional where mistakes happen a lot. Music is one of those very powerful things. If you're not somebody who loves listening to music, um, I would say Different types of music can change your internal climate, and it's amazing what you can do once that climate changes. So if you're looking for a quick way to get yourself out of a funk, go ahead and try to manipulate it 
using some sort of uh, melody, tune, or tone that's actually going to put you in that in, in that space and to be the person you want to be in that moment. Awesome. Awesome. Alex, I really enjoyed our conversation. I want to make sure we get our listeners in touch with you. How can they find your book and how can they get in contact with you? Great. Book is going to be on Amazon. Uh, the Business Athlete will be right there. I'm on all social medias. LinkedIn's a great place professionally if you have any questions. But you can follow me on TikTok at bizathlete, B-I-Z athlete, or Alexander underscore Fashera on Instagram. Fantastic. Alexander Fashera, thanks so much for joining us. That's a wrap for us this week to success. Let's get down to business. We'll see you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on Project to the Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.